0: Welcome to the Olive Tree Podcast channel. Whether you're listening from our beloved Durban, South Africa, or from further away, we trust that you would feel welcome and included in what God is doing in our community, and that you feel inspired by today's message. It's so good to be with you guys. I've been captured by Jody's energy. And so I've started off on a really, really high note. I hope I don't lose it as we go into tonight's message. But as Ross said, tonight's message is part two of uh, Take Two. And so today I'm going to be speaking about new disciplines. But if you're the sermon title person, I've taken the liberties of changing the title from New Disciplines to one discipline. A couple of years ago I spoke on a very, very similar message and said you had one job and today again, you've got one job, one discipline and I'm gonna get into unpacking that a little bit. And just speaking of, of uh, disciplines, we're gonna be speaking about habits and just so you know upfront and for the record, what I'm gonna be speaking about today, I'm gonna be preaching to myself. And often when I preach, I preach to myself because I don't have a lot of this stuff figured out. And so even when Ross asked me to speak about habits, I was like, Ross, I I don't have it all together. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to get my habits in check. And so I hope I'm not alone as I preach this message. And I hope I'm not alone in saying it is hard to drop old habits. There's the saying, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. It's hard to teach a young dog new tricks. It is hard to learn new habits. It's hard to drop old ones. I know from when I smoked, it's so hard to stop smoking. I, like I did it three times. I stopped smoking three times and I think I'm done now. I'm never going to smoke again. You guys hold me to that account. It was really hard like, to quit junk food, but by the grace of God, I've, like, he gave me a very like, uh, sensitive tooth, so I can't handle sweet stuff anymore. So that one was a little bit easier now. And also I picked up a little bit of, and I got worried. But you get the point. It is hard to quit old habits, and it is hard to start new ones. Lord knows how many times I say, I'm gonna start working out, I'm gonna start running. In fact, at some stage a while ago, Rick used to call me a philanthropist because I was giving all my money to the gym, but I wasn't going. And so it is hard to drop old habits. It is hard to pick up new ones. But the thing we would have learned in 2020 is that bad habits make bad situations worse. I'm gonna say it again in case you didn't get it, bad habits make bad situations much worse. And here's the human condition as stated in Romans 7 verse 15, it just nails it, it feels like he was speaking to me from the beginning. Six years ago, when I came to Olive Tree and I read the scripture, and now when I read it again, it still like feels like it's speaking to me. It goes, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. And all because of this one scripture, or well, all because of this condition named over here, I want to do like, what I think is good for me, but I, I end up doing what I hate. And so year after year, I make resolutions. I have a plan for what I'm gonna do differently so that the year has a different outcome. But like nine-year-old me, when I started long distance racing, I told myself, I'm gonna start, and I'm just gonna run so hard and so fast that I'm so far ahead of everyone that they won't catch up. But by the second lap, I was burning out, I couldn't even finish the race, and everyone caught up. And so we're like that eight-year-old me. Every year we make resolutions, we make plans, we write a list, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to nail it. And then we take off running, boom, really fast. End of Feb, we're not running anymore, we're walking. Halfway through the year, we're back where we started, doing the things we hate to do. And I'm going to zoom really fast to this message, because I want to get to the... um, to the glass of water and to the really cool panel where we unpack this further. So I've got just one idea and hopefully this one idea, as I said about this message being one discipline. It's one idea and if we can get this one idea right, I think that it can set us up to get everything else right. It can set us up to run 2020 part two much differently than we did the first lap. And so here it goes, I'm reading from the scripture, John 15, verse one to five. And it says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Therefore remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Basically, it must remain in Jesus. And I want you to catch the word remain. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm gonna say that last but again. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so here's what this is saying for 2021. The first thing, it's saying is that everything begins and ends with Jesus. Everything absolutely begins, it has to, and it has to end with Jesus. You see, He is the true vine, He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to the Father except through Him. Everything has to begin and end with Him. And then God is the the worker, He's working everything. And so everything has to begin and end with Jesus. Yes, in between, you've got community to hold you accountable. Yes, you've got people to challenge you. Yes, you've got books to teach you, new ideas and all the rest of the stuff. You've got doctors and therapists and psychologists, all the rest of that stuff to help you in between. But everything begins and ends with Jesus. And then the second massive idea is this idea of pruning. I love the idea of pruning so much because what he's saying in this scripture is that his father is gonna do the work, God will do the work and what pruning is is that it it cuts away the dead and overgrown parts of you. He does the work of cutting away the dead and overgrown parts of you. And so he'll take your procrastination and turn it to productivity. He'll take your addiction and he'll take your financial problems and he'll turn them into freedom and abundance. He'll take anywhere where you lack anything that is dead and overgrown and he'll be the one who takes it and cuts it so that something new and something full of life can grow in its place, the process of pruning done by the Father. The only thing you have to do is to remain in Him. And He repeats it again and again, remain in me. so this is the one discipline. And if you can make being connected to the vine your one discipline that becomes a habit in the year of 2021, if you can push away everything else and just focus on that, This will be the year where He starts to shape your identity, where He starts to shape who you become, who you are. He starts to convict you of what to hold on to and what to let go of. Your job, one discipline, remain in Him. And then the last thing, just as I close, I told you I'd be really, really quick, is that The great thing about all of this is that you've got grace through it all. The the scripture says is that, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means you, you, you can fail, but you can just keep getting up and you can keep moving forward. You will never be disqualified. You will never be judged. You will never be chastised for making a mistake. Your job, once again, is to remain in Him, and then you get to lean on His grace. You get to lean on His grace. And that's the thing He says, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So your job, your one discipline that you're gonna work on in 2021 or 2020 version two is to remain in the vine, remain in Jesus and trust that He will cut away the dead parts and bring life into them. And as you go on this journey, I'm not saying you're not gonna get stuff wrong. I get stuff wrong. Lean on His grace. Lean on Him being sufficient and His grace being new every day. Forgive yourself as He has forgiven you. Keep getting up and keep moving forward. I hope that is enough for now. We've got an awesome panel, so I'm gonna invite the preachers. We're gonna move things around real quick. So with me tonight, uh, I'll wait for them to get on stage and I'll tell you who they are. <laughs> uh, Thank hello. you guys for being with us this evening. Uh, guys, so do you want to just introduce you guys yourselves briefly, or should I? You should. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so on the left saw the lady. This is Nat Snodia. She leads our North Coast site. That's not all she does. She's also uh, a mother of three. Yes, very awesome kids. I've met them, like some of the best kids I've ever met. Your kids to us.: <laughs> And Benji, I love Benji. I haven't met you your youngest son. Uh, Good to meet you. Me <laughs> but Nat's, yeah, she leads our North Coast sites up there with, um, I'm so sorry, your husband's name has just escaped me. Sheldon. Sheldon, yeah. no oh dear. And then Tim is uh, part of our pastoral team here at uh, Olive Tree Florida Road, and you lead uh, a lot of the, what would I call? Yes, the North community, but... Uh, pastoral. Yeah, Post- a, yes. yeah, a lot of the pastoral All the pastoral courses. care stuff. He, he's the love stuff. doctor. He's the love doctor. <laughs> there we go. We'll call him Lovelace, like the guy from <laughs> Mambo Happy Feet. And love more. this is our uh, awesome young head pastor. <laughs> <laughs> keep flattering. he's uh, working for you. Who is also got... Two kids, two, three. Yes, there's hi, a new hi. one on the way. Abby, who's been stealing all his I, sleep, but he's still... I've done Livy, but Abby Libby, will but
1: do. Yes. <laughs> oh, Livy, my
0: cheers. And je- she's I'm, not on the way. She's I'm like, like a, 10 months out. <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job. But Ross is not looking any older than before he had a child. So, Thanks, obviously Liz. doing an awesome job. And you two at home, Amy. Well done. <laughs> so, on the top of, of habits, just to get to know you guys a little bit, I'm going to uh, start with you, Ross. And then can we just go this way for the first question? It's... Um, if you had to describe yourself in terms of habits, what kind of person would
1: you say you are? So, I'm, I'm a, quite a disciplined person. Um, and I think, I went to boarding school. And so, boarding school, if you do that for as many years as I did, like you, you wake up at this time, you do this, you do that, you do, do that, and they basically program you. And so, I just never left the programming. It's just like, I do this, then I do that, then I do that, and then life works for me. And when I, like,
2: break the cycles, then things go all over the show. Um, I'm not Ross. Yeah, no, that's for sure. I, uh, I'm very relaxed. I wouldn't actually put myself in a disciplined person category at all. I'll go with the flow, see what happens, and, and you know, <laughs> make decisions in the moment. Um, I, I do get disciplined around certain things. And so if I, if I carry a, a strong conviction on something or if, I, I, um, if I'm passionate about it, and then to a lesser degree, if I think it's good for me, then I can get pretty disciplined about heading in a certain direction or making a resolve and, and pursuing it. All right. Nats?
3: I am like the most unstructured, undisciplined person under the sun, naturally. Um, and as I kind of got into adulthood, I started to realise that the things that really mattered to me, the things that I wanted to do well at required discipline. And um, so I think I have worked hard to apply discipline to my work, I've I've loved when I taught, I love teaching and I love being a pastor and I've worked hard and had a lot of help and grace from God to be more disciplined in those areas. And with my family also, I recognize that discipline and routine would help there. Um, Yeah. And obviously with um, health, (laughs) I have to, you know, really work to have discipline there. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So um, I think I'm more like the two of you, but without the the stuff where you turn a corner and become really disciplined people. Kind of, uh, <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming slowly. <laughs> Ross, take take us back to uh, younger you. So from like I would say the ages of 19 to 30. But it seems like you were already quiet because you got programmed by high school. Uh, <laughs> but what 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 was what was uh, hard to pick up, hard to drop in in that age bracket, and what did you have
1: to learn? In, in terms of Christian disciplines. Yes. So. I think because of that background, and then the level of brokenness. So I wasn't like your average messed up person. I was, I had extra. So I was, when I came into Christianity, I needed God badly. And so I, I like having two hour quiet times, it wasn't difficult for me because I needed it. I was like, I need my emotions sorted. I needed to feel like I was confident. I, I needed God in that, and um, and I found that God was meeting my emotional needs, my mental needs, and so so uh, like from the get go, it wasn't difficult for me to have quiet times, sometimes morning, evening, but definitely once a day, kicking off my day, it just became instantly something that was part of my life.
0: All right. So asking for myself, just a follow up question. Yeah. When you did you ever get to a place where you? Uh, got comfortable in that type of has that just been consistent
1: throughout no so so i think where i had a wobble was when i started having children and uh and i i just didn't have enough sleep and i was managing lots and lots of different things and so like i was waking up and i was exhausted and so i would be having these quiet times but they were rough they were just like it was like I grunted God, God speaks back, but I can't quite hear. It was just like rough. And so through that process, I think my structuredness got broken, and I had to find other ways to feed my soul. And so that's when I started to like get 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there and flip. I just need to stop and pray and grab anything I can to get through the day. But I think it was like my history with God that set me up to survive those kind of seasons. Uh,
0: so the reason I asked that question in the first place is that I, like, I can relate with the front end of your thing where I like, in the beginning, I was like, I'm, am- I'm still a mess. God's making a, a, a message out of my mess. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyways, I was like super desperate, like it was very easy to do all that stuff, but somewhere along the line, I got comfortable. And I think a lot of people can relate with like, you get comfortable and then you start to fall back into old routines, or old habits, and not feel like you, Needed the same throughout. So on that bombshell, just because we have got an awesome opportunity now to look into like past his lives and, and people can see that we don't actually always have it all together. So Nats, I'm going to ask you currently, what, what have you found, like what habits have you fi- found difficult or uh, challenging and how have you worked through that stuff now?
3: Yeah, I think obviously kids, you know, does, does throw a spanner um, and I think that, Therefore, there has to—you know—there can't be a one-size-fits-all, and um, and that would be legalistic and and horrible anyway. But what I have come to realize through the various seasons of how I order my day is that it just serves me best to do it first thing. So um, I would say five days out of the week on my work days, I just go. If if I don't do it first thing, um, I'm probably going to tailspin and just not at all. That said, I do absolutely feel completely close to God all through the day. i um, you know, in conversation with him all the time. But that actual devoted time to just sit aside and go, right, it's just you and me before the kids wake up, um, that has served me well. And I would add that further to that, particularly noticed it um, during lockdown when we were all trying to establish kind of lockdown habits in those very early days. And I think all of us pastors would have been seeing bucket loads of conspiracy stuff. All day. All day. And, um, you know, I, I am a pastor because I love people and I really want to understand.
1: Except when they're sending conspiracy theories.
3: No, I love them then even more. Oh, okay. um, but what I'm getting to <laughs> is that um, I really found that on the days where I had woken up and had that time devoted in prayer and reading scripture is that as these conspiracies came, it was so much more obvious that they were of a different spirit. You know, it just, it's like when you just start that day with the spirit of the one who loves you and wants your best and wants you to flourish, it's that much easier to just go, that's such trash and I feel the spirit of fear, I feel the spirit of control, I feel that it, it's just, you know. So it was tremendously helpful and that really cemented in those lockdown days that we, we, where we didn't need as much structure that that was more important than ever me, yeah. Very
2: good. That's actually really good. Can I touch on something there? Because um, I didn't always relate this to spiritual disciplines, but um, the first thing is that I love that you said, remain in Jesus, your one job. All other spiritual disciplines we get involved in, in prayer and in worship and studying of scripture, that all serves one thing, that's intimacy with Christ. But I love what Nat had to say, that when, when she had spent time with Jesus when she had spent some time in prayer and connecting with God that it actually made her um, more aware. It was easier to spot. Um, because the one, one scripture I actually was going to share is, is from Hebrews 5 verse 14. Paul is talking. Paul has a lot to say around discipline about running the race, about training as if you are training for the ultimate race in life, yeah. which it is. Um, but in Hebrews um, 5, he's, he's talking about spiritual food, and only those who have matured can take on the bigger spiritual things. But he says that solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, yeah. spiritual discipline, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. And so even our discernment, our ability to tell on social media and in our, our, our conversations with our friends, our ability to tell good from evil, what and, and to divide spirits, what is of yeah. God and what is not of God, comes through practice. Right. It comes through right. spiritual so discipline.
0: So, since you've gone there, I'm going to change the question up a little bit. Because Nat's also, Nat, you touched on it because you just called, you referenced it as it. But since we're speaking about the one discipline of remaining, um, what? Um, what, what does it look like practically? So, I'm, Tim, to you first and then Nats. You. But what does that look like, practice, the practice that okay. you're talking about now? What does that look like practically day to day?
2: For me, it looks really different. I have immense respect for guys like Ross and Nats who can get up before the family gets up and, and get that time in and dedicate that time and be structured like that. The, I have immense respect for that. I, I don't really work that way. Um, I still... With my spiritual disciplines, my priority is relationship with God. My priority is going, I am in need when I don't meet with Jesus. Like, I am in lack. Um, and I need him to be able to sort this out and to be able to sort this out. Um, and when it's, things are going well, I am in need of celebrating and thanking him and spending time with him um, in out of gratitude. Uh, and so it's never a forced thing. But what I do find for me is is I will take moments throughout the day. Because for me, it is a relationship. It's about connection points throughout the day. I will take moments throughout the day. Uh, and sometimes it'll be a moment in, in worship going, yo, I really need to celebrate right now. Or, God, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit funky. Um, and like, I need you to help me with this. Like, I need to get this heart of mine kind of back on track. Okay. And uh, it's, it's a connection point with Jesus, which just completely shifts my thinking or, or shifts how I feel in the moment. Like, like to, okay. to suddenly get a download of peace or a, a deep sense of his presence completely changes things. And so for me, the, the discipline for me is being present in the moment. And by being present in the moment, I'm saying um, I'm completely aware of what's going on, but then respond appropriately. I'm not looking ahead and hoping. I'm not looking back and going, I wish. I'm in the moment going, I really need to be connecting with God and what I need to be connecting him like, what I need to connect with him around. Like, what is going on in my heart? And so, it's it's a, it's about connecting with him in the moment about this the moment, moment. Oh, so good. and allowing him to speak into that.
0: All right. So, I've, I've got a similar, but that for me comes out of a little bit of laziness, as I've mentioned before. It's just easier to connect in every moment and keep calling for help when things go pear shape. But, Nat, just to hear from you, what does it look like for you practically in
3: yeah, you know. It's such a harsh thing to say, and I really want to say that I'm not owning it in it. But, you know, you look at some people and you just get annoyed at how much they get done. You know, I remember as a young adult just looking at and going, "How is it possible?" And then you, you it, you, it dawns on you. You have this realization that everybody has twenty-four hours in a day, and you know it's the same with time, treasure, and talents. You those things will either tell you what to do, or you tell them what to do. So with time, it will tell you what to do if you don't tell it. And so for me, that's why I've realized that it's just so important to go, I've got to just put this into my day, and tell my time what I'm doing, or it simply won't happen. So like I say, I do that, you know, four to five days of the week, and it works well, and then sometimes seven days a week, sometimes three days a week, but it's, 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 most of the time, it's my work days. It just works for me, and I wake up at 4.30. I know it sounds insane to many of you, but it's actually a beautiful time because I just know that short of some child having some strange thing happen, it's just my time. And, um, and I almost start to get like, oh, it's 5.30. Do I really have to wake everyone up now? You know? But it's just, it's, it's a beast to get up, but it's so good when you're there, and that's because you're telling time. What you gonna I do with it?
0: I think for the day. Yeah. So good. I, I wake up just because my curtain doesn't fill out my whole. But, <laughs> but but because I'm awake at half past five, I'll see what happens. I was gonna ask a follow up. In that time when you've woken up now and you're doing your devotion, what does what does that look like specifically? Is it like it is it reading? It has to start. Is it meditation? Is coffee. Is it, it starts with coffee. <laughs> Preach. <laughs>
3: Um, I just I make that cup of coffee and then I sit down and I actually typically have three things I have some scripture I have a journal which I call my brain splat it's a beautiful term that I got from a psychologist where you just write words they don't have to be in sentences or make sense but you just put them down there Um, and and then at the moment I've actually got like a a poetry book which is um, written by an old Christian poet which I'm also finding just incredibly life-giving so at the moment that's what my kind of quiet time is shaped around um, but that changes, you know, sometimes it'll be um, some worship, sometimes it'll be, you know, a series of messages that I'm getting a lot of life out of, but, yeah.
0: So, so Tim, I don't, I don't know if, I, if I'd asked you, well, I probably haven't, but I was going to ask just from the whole conversation we, we're, we're having, I think it'd be nice if you could tell us a little bit how, about what you think God believes or sure. his heart around. Habits specifically.
2: <laughs> so, that, yeah, there's a lot that can be said. I'll shave it down to I think from Scripture we can see God thinks they're massively important. Massively important. And, and, and um, there, there's so much that Scripture has to say around fleeing the sin that so easily ensnares, the sin that brings you into bondage. And bondage is essentially a habit that you can't control towards a certain behavior, a simple behavior that you're not in control of anymore. This thing now controls you, yeah. right? That's bondage. Or bondage could be a negative pattern of thinking, a sinful way of thinking, either about yourself or about God, um, that does not fall in line with how God sees you. Bondage is not being able to break that pattern. And those are habits that are, that are generated by, by getting, engaging in sin. And so yeah. the scripture has a lot to say around that, but there's a, a God is so aware, I know, of, of the habits that really lead to life. And for me, you, look, you go straight to Jesus and look at him. Uh, and in Luke, um, it says that Jesus would often move away from the crowd and into the wilderness to pray. Oh, yes. You look at that, and, 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 and you have to take your cue from Jesus. And if Jesus himself went, this is important, I've got to get a timeout away from people and out of life and into a place where I'm alone with my Father, Like then surely we need that too. Surely we have to be connecting with God and, and, and it's a beautiful moment. And I think, I mean, I think Jesus did it because he needed it. But I, I think it is such a great model for us. You know, um, you go to Psalms and if, um, I, if you don't mind me sharing this as well. Uh, this actually, David was actually writing this in, in, in strife when there are a lot of people around him who were against him. But even then he says, in the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer. To you yeah. and eagerly watch and so David even in the moments of, and that's why I love what you had to say um, about bad habits in bad circumstances make it worse I think David got such a good idea of that and was like I will still pursue my father I will still pursue my God um, and so there are there are disciplines which set us up for life and life in abundance and I think God sees that the one added thought to that and I would love to expand on that I just don't know if we've got time but as we were in worship even now, we, we sang about how great God's faithfulness is. Just going, wow, our Father in heaven is so disciplined. <laughs> so disciplined. He has the discipline to pour out his, the, the wrath, his wrath against sin and, and punishment on Christ. And the discipline to hold off on us time and time and time again. He has developed perfect discipline in displaying faithfulness to us and perfect discipline in going I will continue to pour love to you, I will hold my hand of punishment, you will not be punished I will continue to show you love it is a choice he made and he follows through with it in perfection (laughs) you're preaching this is a little
0: bit like my phone calls to my mother sorry to compare you to my mom but sometimes what starts off as just like a small little conversation where something trivial becomes like her just like pouring life into me kind of like what's just happened there. And I get like, sometimes I'm like, mom, stop. <laughs> I'll stop <laughs> but, you know, so good No, that's not what I'm saying <laughs> to you at all. But just in closing, I, I think we've done well for time, but Ross, I'm going to direct the last one at you. Uh, what What's your heart like, or what's your, your, just your whole uh posture, like, when you're not getting habits right, especially these spiritual habits and stuff like that. And like, how do you, what can I say? How do you feel, how do you relate to yourself in those moments, if, you know, if that makes sense?
1: So, I mean, people without God are their personalities at their worst, really. Um, so, my, I'm A-type personality, so like I'm driven, I'm adrenaline, go get it done. And, and so, when I'm without God, I live in quite a high level of stress, and uh, and I'm like making stuff happen and I'm getting out there go, 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 A type personality. And I think if you if you took like a a really relaxed person, I would, I would say Tim would probably say this, when when he's without God he's probably like very chilled and and just probably let stuff just happen mm, point to him. Of almost, yeah. yeah. And so, so I think what happens to me is I I'm a pain to be around. When when I don't have time with God, so I just need you, know, you Shush. Uh, I just need him uh, a whole lot more than the next person, I think, and so that drives it. Yeah.
0: All right. So, but just to follow up, just real quickly, um, the way I'm sort of trying to go at it is, I know that for myself, there's times when I'm not doing it, and I'm bullying myself about it. If that makes sense, okay. so I'm going like.
1: What do you do when uh, you're messing up?
0: Yes, that's that's. Cool.
1: So, I mean, there are definitely, like, this week I had a day that was just awful. And uh, it, it just, everything went wrong. Um, I'm not like Tim. When the structure's not there, I break. Um, and uh, you, you've literally got to go, Jesus died for this day. Yeah, like, uh, this, I need, I need <laughs> Jesus for this day because I, I butchered this whole thing. And then I think you need to go, and God has something great for me tomorrow. If, if I was good. to describe the one thing that drives me into the presence of God is a sense of destiny on my life that, that I go, he has something for me to do on this earth. So if I, I need Jesus to be able to do that. I need him to tell me what that is. So I will, even if I'm not hearing, I will go back to him tomorrow. Yeah. So that's yeah. how I work. Yeah. And, I, and I hope that blesses some A-types.
0: Yeah. Cool. So I think we've run out of time. Uh, thank you guys so much for and the uh, your hit. thoughts on all of this. Uh, I hope my message also uh, sort of just points you in some kind of direction to start doing 2021 uh, differently. I know, oh, and I'm glad that we didn't get into sort of a conversation where we start saying, I read this at this time and I do this at this time because I don't think you want to copy people in, in like what they're doing. You, you, We really just got to, and so if you can watch this again even and just get the hearts and the reasons behind why this is good for you and kind of how it sets you up for an awesome day. I think that's a massive win. And then just to just capture that highlights again to just keep going back to Jesus and to keep attaching yourself to him. I love what Tim says that Jesus always made time to just like remove himself and be with the Father. In the same way, if you can find time in, like in, the, in the chaos and even in the calm, to go back to Jesus and just keep connecting with him. Uh, I think 2021 will be different from last year regardless of the circumstances. So on the bombshell, I'm gonna pray, and we're gonna get out of here. Mm -hmm. Cool. So Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you so much for the current series and what it's setting up our church community for God. And so I just pray that as you've given it to us and we've uh, uh, heard you and spoken, I just pray that the people receiving this message, it it would, uh, what would I say, marinate in their hearts and just start to do a work and start to bring new life in them, Jesus. I just pray that you start to convict people about, being connected to you and remaining in that position in the easiest and the hardest of times, Jesus. Thank you so much for your grace that allows us to uh, keep failing, but to keep getting up and coming back to you, God. Thank you for your mercy that's new every single day. We love you so much, and in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lutz. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to find out more information about Olive Tree Church, please visit our website at otc.org.za or email info at otc.org.za. We hope you have an amazing week.